two has entered the podcast. All right, welcome, welcome back, people, to episode fifteen. Ooh, player two has entered the podcast. I am your host, Michael Peterson, aka MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most, Derek Murkison, aka Full Metal Merc, aka Mercaroni and Cheese. We've been doing it, man. We've been doing it for 15 episodes, plus two bonus, plus another one recorded waiting to be released. It's crazy. How about that? <laughs> How you feeling this week, man? I'm feeling pretty good, man. I uh, took a much needed break from the running around and sourcing items for to sell and whatnot. So me and uh, the wife have just been kind of chilling, mm-hmm. enjoying each other's company. <laughs> oh, hey. And uh, yeah, it's been good. Good. Glad to hear it, man. Everybody needs a break every now and then. I think we talked about it before, especially like in the first year of starting your business. It's so hard for people to give themselves a moment to relax, you know, or, or take any kind of a vacation or, or just slow down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the pressure of upholding the business is on your shoulders. So to have the uh, the presence of mind and the strength to go, you know what? No, I need to take care of me if I'm going to take care of this business. Right. That shows emotional strength. Good job. Man. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I had a correction I wanted to make from last week's episode. So for those who stayed till the end and listened to the spoilers for Dragon's Dogma when we talked about you know the Dragon's Dogma show on Netflix, I'm not going to spoil anything right now. Save for to say, you asked about my comment on the ending, and I said I don't recognize that as canon. And the reason why I looked this up. In the original Dragon's Dogma game, there were multiple endings depending on actions you took and choices you made throughout the game, which makes sense. It's an RPG. Basically, Ethan got the bad ending. I won't say anything else. Okay. So that's why I didn't recognize it. I was like, that ain't happened in my playthrough. Right. Not in my <laughs> Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> but I like I like that they chose a bad ending you know, from the original game because it tells me that they're going to probably explore the possibility of good endings, right? Yeah. And the cyclical nature of how it ended tells me that that's how they're going to be gearing up for future seasons. So without saying anything further, if you want to listen to our rating, you know, or our full kind of spoiler review after you watch it, you can listen to that in episode 14. Essentially, we thought it was eh, it was okay. It was slightly above average. Yeah. Not as good as some of the other, you know, especially video game related anime offerings that they've had. Speaking of video game anime offerings from Netflix, I'll get into it a little bit later. We got some interesting gaming news coming up in regards to that. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I noticed there is a website called discoverpods.com this week. Have you heard of them? Uh, no, I have not. They're giving out awards, and it looks like that you can submit your recommendation all the way up until October 11th. Okay. Uh, you can go to awards.discoverpods.com slash nominations, and you can nominate us for Best New Pod of 2020. I think they have, you know, like nominations for like pop culture, for TV and movies, for discussion, for comedy. They got one for Best Pod with a Minority Host. They got a, you know, best pod for LGBTQ, best pod for female host. So if you like us and you see some areas you want to nominate us for, it would greatly, we would greatly appreciate it. If you listen to other podcasts, I think I uh, nominated because I talked about her before on the show was something I was feeling that particular week. I nominated Brene Brown for the, you know, the female category because I really like her podcast. If you're heavy into podcasts, you like listening to us and others, this might be a chance to give the people that you listen to a little love. That website URL is awards.discoverpods.com slash nominations. And you can put those in all the way up until October 11th. So let's see. What else? Oh, Angry Video Game Nerd. We talked about him a little bit, right? 
Yep. Did, I, I know you're younger than me, about eight years younger than me. Did you come up watching him at all? He was early. He was like pre-YouTube, really. He was on no. GameTrailers.com is where he came up. No. Me, I've been watching the internet since before YouTube. I was a Newgrounds watcher. So <laughs> one of the first video game related shows that I used to watch was Angry Video Game Nerd. And he's still doing it. And for his part, his humor hasn't changed a ton, but he's still entertaining and enjoyable to watch. I like him. He, he recently did an episode on echo the dolphin for sega genesis you ever play that oh yeah just a little bit it's hard yeah it's very hard i remember playing it when i was young the the reason why i'm bringing this up because this really struck me sometimes he plays a game a retro game on his show it's so hard that he can't finish it and this is the first time i've ever seen him play a game he couldn't finish that i have beaten so I feel mm-hmm. I got a little bit of street cred here. I yeah. beat Echo the Dolphin when I was a kid. I mean, it was either that or beat Sonic 2 for the 50th time. <laughs> right. Right. You know, because when you're young, your your options are limited. But he expressed frustrations in some of the gameplay mechanics. He's not wrong. There was a couple of things he didn't know that you could actually fix. He talked about how you have to bump these shells to break rocks. And if you don't push them over fast enough, then you have to start over. But Echo does have this move where he can go up under something and lift it. He just didn't know how to do it. Mm. Um, but other than that, like his, that doesn't negate his grievances with the game. It was, I think it was made hard on purpose because, again, we've talked about this on the show before. Retro games, you know, the resources were limited. If you wanted any kind of a length out of a game, the way that they did that was with difficulty, not with content. Mm-hmm. So you make a game hard as balls, even if it's only three levels long, it's going to take you a while to beat it. Right. So, yeah, we got that. Just oddly proud about that. Now, the biggest news I would say this week, and and this is just world news in general, not even gaming news, I would argue is yesterday, about one o'clock in the morning, so early yesterday, I woke up to the news. Trump, President Trump, got that Rona, y'all, got that COVID. Mm. Trump, his wife, a bunch of people around him, Chris Christie got it, Kellyanne Conway got it. He's in the hospital right now. I think they were giving updates today. I didn't watch him because I'm pretty sure they're going to lie through their teeth about how he's doing. But yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> Honestly, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's that's a lie. He doesn't have it. Mm. <laughs> and I still hold true to that. Okay. Why do you think that he would lie about having COVID? I, I'm not saying I don't believe you or I do. I'm yeah, just curious no. about your mindset. Well, one, he lies about everything. True. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, he um, Yeah. He just had an incredibly terrible debate. Mm. Not saying that Biden did well either, but it was just, it was embarrassing. Mm. And I think that everyone around him told him that and knew that. And then next thing you know, oh, oh, wait, oh, I got COVID. So let's forget about, you know, that stand back and stand by. I I have COVID. So tears Mm. for me, please. It's a good theory. I'm going to poke a few holes in it. One, I think he thought he did good in the debate because he said as much. And I think that in his (laughs) warped brain where he does mental gymnastics, he will twist and turn reality to make him come out on top every single time. That's narcissism 101. Mm -hmm. And related to narcissism, if he was planning this, he would have a space of a week in his calendar where he would get COVID, then recover magically through hydroxychloroquine or whatever the fuck it is. Mm -hmm. And then be like, see, I beat it. I'm so strong. No, but he's, he, he's yeah. But he had I, to I cancel. Do. He had to cancel engagements, speaking engagements. You know the ones where mm-hmm. he gets to go in front of his adoring fans and talk shit for like an hour. He mm-hmm. loves those. He got it on the weekend, so he can't go golfing this weekend. And he went to the hospital. To me, I feel like all that tells me that he's got that Rona for real. Mm-hmm. That that's just my opinion. Now, you could to- you could definitely be right. Maybe he's playing three dimensional chess here, and he's actually making it seem really believable. I don't think his narcissism 
and his selfishness would allow him to miss out on speaking engagements in golf and allow him to be seen perceived as weak by shitting himself in a helicopter on the way to the hospital and then having to you know go to the hospital. It's he unconfirmed that he shit his pants, but oh, okay. <laughs> the, there was press saying that he had diarrhea in the helicopter. He, he shit his pants. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's, no. in, that's in my head. Uh, uh, Melania, this is like I had the, the KFC bowl and the Taco Bell bowl in one night. No, uh, so, famous bowl going right through me. Yeah, so I'm gonna skip on past the speculations about what it means if something were to happen to him, because we all can dream, but that's not for this show. But just to say, wow, if y'all weren't taking this seriously before, I hope you are now. Wear your masks, people. Because that man gets tested all the time. People are working around the clock to protect him from his own stupidity. And he's still got the Rona. Yeah. Shit is real, y'all. Never Coronavirus. Shit is real. Shit is real. Shit is getting real. So, yeah, that happened. Speaking of the U.S. and surrounding areas, I, I thought I'd, I'd give a little update about our listeners. So, as of today, we are in a dozen countries. Oh, yeah. Which is really cool. So, we have listeners in Brazil, Belgium. Spain, Malaysia, Norway, Sweden, Germany, the United Kingdom, Philippines, Ireland, and of course, right here in the good old U.S. of A. And 16 different states in the U.S. of A., I might add. So mm. our reach is expanding, and I just want to stop and say thank you. Yes, thank you know, you If you check this out even once just to give us a chance, I appreciate you. If you stuck around, I appreciate you even more know that we're open to feedback, comments, suggestions. We're even open to guesting. And we've had a few guests on already. You don't have to be famous to come and chat games with us. We love doing this. So hit us up at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com if you just want to say hi, if you want us to talk about something in particular. If you want a guest on the podcast, we would love to have you. Awesome, man. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, speaking of guesting, I got offered to stream with another streamer. I talked about them recently, the developer of Starship Commander. Mm-hmm. human interact so i know the developer and his sister personally and i was talking with her and she was like hey you know we should stream together and i'm like I'm, okay i'm cool i'm down with that and i was talking with him and he goes oh well you know we usually get together friday saturday i think this saturday we're doing retro games not as of the time of recording it'll probably be next week and i was like oh, i'd be down to do that so i might be getting with them i asked him how they get together see i've never a streamed just on my computer i've done it through my console so i have to kind of quickly learn uh, that shouldn't be difficult yeah. though but then he was like, we got to go through Parsec and we got to do this and that and the other. And I'm like, oh, how how's that work? He goes, oh, well, you just boot onto your network and get on a website. And I was like, that's the most non-computer savvy way to explain it to me. What I don't – it was right. simple and at the same time complicated. So <laughs> I need to figure that out. I may or may not be guessing depending on my intelligence level on this. We'll see. <laughs> I think people forget because I'm so into this stuff that that doesn't necessarily mean I'm particularly good at it. I need right. a little help. So I might be doing some research on that. So more to come. I'll be talking about it on the streams throughout the week if that ends up happening. But uh, I'm getting really close to finishing Final Fantasy VII Remake Mm -hmm. just to kind of segue right into what we're playing. I think the mainstream I'm going to play next is Hades. I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. Have you seen any reviews? Is it on your radar? Have you tried it? I think we talked about it before. I don't really remember what kind of game it was, though. It seems like it's a roguelike because you do a run, you die, you start over again. But I think it just borrows the roguelike elements to tell a story because basically you're the son of Hades and you're in Hades, you know, because Hades is both a god and the place. Right. 
And you made an agreement with your relatives on Mount Olympus that you can live there, but you have to escape Hades first. So when you die, you just start over at the beginning. But as you go through and progress, you meet different gods, get different powers that you can keep and use on your progressive runs. And the game is procedural and as far as like what it throws at you in a way, but dialogue and interactions with the other characters constantly changes and evolves as you do subsequent runs and as you use different powers and as you meet different people. So it seems like there is a very strong narrative that is using the skeleton of a roguelite or like an RPG roguelike in order to kind of, I guess, make the whole world make sense, if that if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, make it make sense. Make it make sense. But I've heard a lot of really good things. And again, Supergiant is a decent developer. I loved Bastion. I had a really good time with that. And I love the music and the gameplay and like the whole narration vibe that they had going transistor seemed cool and never really got into it though but a lot of people really like that like they make solid games and i hear this is their best yet like they're really hitting their stride so, so and you love to see it so we'll be checking that out i finished resident evil 3 last night friday night as the time of recording it's a good game what can i say yeah. the knife sucks i even unlocked a cool <laughs> the knife secret sucks. the knife sucks <laughs> i unlocked a cool secret knife called the hot dogger hot dog it's all in capital letters and everything. It's basically a knife that looks like it's been superheated, so it's glowing, and it sets enemies on fire. Mm-hmm. Still takes like a dozen swipes to kill an enemy zombie, because of course it does. Right. <laughs> like that knife, the knife sucks so bad that even a powered-up version of the knife is worse than like a knife in the original games. Wow. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. But no, the game is definitely shorter, because even with all the deaths and the mistakes that I made, I think I ended up finishing it like just over six hours of play. So I think it's one of those types of games that's built for subsequent playthroughs and there's a lot of tweaking and extra gameplay styles and of course difficulty and there's difficulty that can switch up enemy placement, variety of enemies, amount of enemies, and it's very hard. So I think it's that speedrunner's dream type game where you you get really good about how to get through it as efficiently as possible. It kind of feels a lot like the original Resident Evil 3 because it encouraged multiple runs so you could see different prologues about what different characters were getting up to around that time. Right. So the only thing I was upset about is Barry didn't show up in a helicopter to rescue me like in the original. No Barry. (laughs) No Barry in the remake as far as I could see. Oh damn it Barry. Damn it Barry. Yeah, so other than that, been playing Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it because the guy's name is James James Marston or John Marston, like or, or kind of sounds like the guy on Red Dead Redemption. Anyways, yeah, John, last, that's John Marston. John Marston. Yeah, but his last name is is Marston, but also he's on Mars, so it's like a double meaning there. Remastered. I love it. Mm. <laughs> it was, it's only 15 bucks on the eShop right now, and I remember really liking it. I, I got it when it launched on 360 based off of playing the demo and, like, the destruction tech. Have you ever played that game before? Yeah, I played it when it came out on 360. What did you think about it? It was revolutionary at the time. Mm-hmm. I was, like, just taking my axe and destroying everything. I had so much fun with it, too. Yeah, it really lights off a uh, certain area of my brain, mm-hmm. being able to set explosives and then just watch a building fall. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the best part about that game to me is Wrecking Crew. In fact, that is the game. Wrecking Crew is where you – it's like a controller passing game where everybody gets a turn trying to destroy buildings with certain weapons or items that they have in the game. And the person that destroys the building with like the fewest sledgehammer swipes or the fewest bombs or the fewest like jetpacks or tremors will will win, basically. So mm. that game to me is Wrecking Crew plus a bonus like narrative experience if you want it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of fun with that. 
I've been uh, I, I we talked about fitness recently, and I've been trying to like find ways to get some exercise in. So I've been taking like forty five minute walks here in the basement on my treadmill and playing Grandia two to keep myself busy. Because I got that Grandia HD collection. Grandia 2 is janky. It's definitely not aged well, but I played it in its hay and I still love it. And I think it's a lot of fun. The main character is terrible, Ryudo. He's like one of the worst edgy, you know, anti-hero characters there are. He's really mean to everybody and terrible. And and they try to like turn it around and make him a good guy. But like throughout the game, he's such an asshole. I'm just like, screw that guy. Yeah, yeah. So, But the game's still fun. And the music is really good. Grandia 2 has an excellent soundtrack for those interested in video game soundtracks also played genshin impact i told you about that briefly throughout the week that's that free game that's been going around it's on ps4 and maybe on pc i can't remember but it looks a lot like breath of the wild graphically yeah and gameplay wise it's got a stamina bar it's got cooking mechanic you can climb up all the you know the mountains but it's very anime and there's definitely a, a heavier narrative and you can switch between different characters I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. It took me a while to get to the point where I'm like, okay, what I got to pay for because it's free. Right. And eventually you do get to the point where it's like, you can buy this currency and then roll for weapons and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, I'm yeah. good. I'll just use what I'm getting in the in, in, in universe. So far, I haven't felt compelled to buy anything and, and to get a, a fuller experience. I've been getting enough just out of playing the free version. So that's been cool. Nice. So that, that's been pretty much what I've been playing. What you been up to this week as far as games has been concerned? I continued playing East Memories of Salsetta. Uh It's still pretty good. Okay. It's giving me, you know, PS2 era vibes, but the music, as always, is amazing. Combat is real smooth and fluid. Characters, getting to know them a little better. Uh, Adol's regaining some of his memories, and the monster variation is pretty good at this point. Mm. But I'm, I'm loving it so far, man. This is my second East game, mm-hmm. so I can't wait to see how that ends up. So was Ease 8 your first? Yeah, Ease 8 was my first. I thought you were an old fan when you introduced me to it. I didn't no. know that, that was your first as well. Yeah, that was my first. That was a virgin. Yeah. That was an East virgin. Ease 8, Final Fantasy 8. We just keep coming in on the eighth installment, don't we? I know. It doesn't make any <laughs> damn sense. <laughs> well, now that there's eight of these, let me go ahead and uh, try my hand. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. And for a little lighter gameplay, I started playing SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Remastered. And I gotta say, it's actually a pretty good platformer. And it looks really good. I remember Ryan mentioning that he was having a really good time with it. Would you say his uh, assessment of it feeling like Ratchet and Clank as far as like tight platforming is pretty accurate? I'd say it's a little less tight than Ratchet, but it's still pretty good, man. Like it's And it's simple. It's not super hard. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's, it's not hard at all. Yeah. And it's just a nice change of pace sure and you can you know you can switch between uh spongebob sandy and patrick and they each have different abilities that they can use to get through levels and there's some stuff that is hard to get like you collect these golden spatulas so you can go to different areas and some of them i'm just like how the hell am i supposed to get that (laughs) (laughs) it's like i'm 30 years old i should be able to figure this out but you know it is what it is but i'm enjoying it cool right on man well, there's been a decent amount of gaming news this week, I gotta say. There's been some more Mass Effect trilogy speculation. I saw a few more things re- like talking about leaked release dates. A lot of people think that it's going to be announced, possibly even released by as early as late this month, late October. Mm. So I'm going to continue to keep my eye on that because I, I don't see anything solid. There's been more leanings towards it not having a Switch version, which is unfortunate. But again, if that's just because it's too taxing or whatever, I'm, I'm okay with that. I can get it on PS4. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, but, I think the Switch can handle it. I think so, too. I really do. But, I mean, who knows? It just might um, look like the 360 PS3 version. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Like, it might be more of a direct port like a Nino Kuni rather than a remaster. Mm-hmm. So, but whatever. So the news I alluded to earlier about Netflix, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, a CG series, dropped a trailer. It's out there right now if you want to watch. It's pretty cool. It's got Leon in it. And he looks just like Leon from Resident Evil 6, so they're sticking with that design, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And that is already on top of what we know is going to be happening with the the live-action Resident Evil series. So Netflix is getting two of them, which is really cool. It looks like that Infinite Darkness will be releasing on Netflix sometime in 2021, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. Yeah, I will say that all the uh, CG Resident Evil movies have been pretty good. If nothing else, they look amazing. Yeah, no, they actually have been pretty solid. It translates to like a CG movie pretty well. It's cheesy and campy. Got big monsters. You got zombies. I'm into it. So what else? You had mentioned there is some Spider-Man related news in regards to the HD remake and also the movies. You want to take it from there? Yeah, so the Spider-Man PS5 remaster has been in the news because apparently they decided that they were going to change the PS4 version Spider-Man face model in the remaster. I've seen a lot of side-by-side comparisons. Man, this new face looks like an extremely younger version of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And just because I got so used to the old face, it just feels like it's just weird, man. Like, have like you it. seen? Have you seen? You, you don't like it? No, I I'm not like super angry about it. Like a lot of people are. People are saying it looks more like Tom Holland. I don't see it, but I don't like it because. They've already established this character, this version of Spider-Man, and it's not like they're changing his face for a sequel, which is a little bit different, but with them changing it, now I get to hear his voice and see him make all the same actions, but it'd be a different dude, and it just feels like an odd like mid-movie recasting. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I just don't see the necessity for it. And he was supposed to be, like, he's going to be mentoring Miles Morales. He's supposed to be a seasoned Spider-Man. You right. I mean, so making him look younger doesn't really serve any narrative purpose for me. Um, and it just it just seemed to be highly unnecessary. And they, they the, the reason they gave and this may be legitimate. I don't know. I didn't look into it any further than like reading the reason the facial motion capture technology they were using for the remaster fit it better, I guess, or th- like leaning into it further caused this transformation in the face as far as like. Rather than like imitating the animation, I guess. Well, yeah. So, so what they what they were saying was okay, that yeah. the uh, they chose this face model because he more clearly resembled the voice actor. Okay. So they were saying that his like cheekbones and everything would match up better and make it easier to animate, I which see. I call BS on that. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, because honestly, I feel like, and this is just my opinion, I feel like it's a contractual issue. Like the game did so well, and the face model was like, hey, you know. It did really well. Uh, maybe we can uh, up my pay a little bit for this remaster. And they're like, eh, no. You actually might be right about that. That uh, I mean, Konami's pulled that kind of shit before. So yeah, I, it just I doesn't make past, any sense. Uh, I wouldn't put it past Insomniac or Sony. Yeah, it does not make any sense. And I mean, I don't like it, but it is what it is. So that's going to be the Spider-Man going forward. Yeah, that's not the only controversial Spider-Man news we got this week. Yeah. So, everyone loves The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> like, I've heard nothing bad about that movie. <laughs> and apparently, Jamie Foxx is going to be returning in Spider-Man 3 mm. as Electro, mm. the best villain in the Spider-Man pantheon of movies ever. And <laughs> he is 
like the Batman and Robin Riddler, or what was it, Batman Forever Riddler? Yeah, of... yeah. All sarcasm aside, though, it was it was really bad. I didn't particularly mind Jamie Foxx as Electro. It was more so the creative choices that they decided to make with the character. Well, we talked about this before. We had this conversation in relation to Project Power. Jamie yeah. Foxx is a good actor, but I mean, he's not a magician. You put him in a piece of crap. Right. He's only so far he he can take that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think. If you judge his performance in a vacuum, it wasn't that bad. It's just there was so much camp and incompetence surrounding mm-hmm. it that it really puts a bad taste in your mouth. So I have high hopes that under a competent director and a competent vision that he'll fit in just fine. I don't know if they're going to lean really heavily on people's knowledge of his introduction and his character or if they're going to just completely revamp and rewrite it. Hopefully the latter. But, yeah, because the whole falling in a vat of electric eels and his gap getting fixed and oh God. <laughs> like they that was Sony's trying their hand at the Marvel comedy and it just did not work. Oh they God. failed. Yeah, I know it's bad. They failed so really bad. bad. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm willing to give Jamie another chance. I think he'll surprise us. Yeah, because so. I don't lay the blame on him in the begin with. I don't think I'm not going to lay the blame really honestly on any of the actors in Amazing Spider-Man series. I'm going to lay it on the the writing. Except for maybe Andrew Garfield. You know, not even him. Again, I think he was doing the best he could. I think he was quippy, and and I think he he was fun. I just I I think he was a better Spider-Man than a Peter Parker, of course. Yeah, his Peter Parker was, was as I've heard other people say, he was too hot, and (laughs) also he was too fucking cool. A little too smooth, yeah. Yeah, in that movie. You're supposed to be cool as Spider-Man, not as Peter Parker. Right. Like, Spider-Man's the one. he's, He's got that mask on. He's doing superhero shit. He's a little bit more confident. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what else you got this week as far as gaming news? Let's see. Tekken 7 Season 4 Pass mm-hmm. is going to be releasing later this year. Ooh. And the highlight character is Kunimitsu. And if you are a fan of the Tekken series, you know that Kunimitsu first appeared in Tekken 2. Mm-hmm. And she was a part of Yoshimitsu's clan. And this Kunimitsu is actually the daughter of the one from Tekken 2. So I thought that was very interesting. The trailer that they showed had her fighting... Fuck, who was she fighting? I forget. I forget who she was fighting. But she eventually went up against Yoshimitsu and took his sword and said, it's my sword now. Mother, I've gotten your revenge or whatever. So hmm. there's some strong narrative elements in the season past. Yeah, so here's the thing with Tekken lore is there's a lot of different endings for a lot of different characters, so it's hard to know what's canon and what's not. Yeah, I remember that from she... Tag Tournament. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tag Tournament itself is just straight up non-canon. Yeah, it was a lot of nonsense. It was fun, but it was like... It was probably, I mean, I'm not a huge Tekken fan, but that was like the first game I got for PS2 among two others. So I played that was the, the first game I got for PS2 too. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I got PS2, SSX, and Dynasty Warriors too. Yeah, I actually yeah. remember I was in seventh grade when I got that game, and I bought it off of one of my friends at school for ten bucks. Man, he was thrifting early, y'all. He was out here yeah. wheeling and dealing. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's I crazy. But yeah, so I, I'm looking for well, I'm looking forward to it, but I honestly haven't paid for any of the Tekken season pass stuff because I feel like fighting games have gone way, way past the point of no return as far as DLC goes. It's been tough, yeah. Yeah, like I'd rather get new games, but I, I understand it. Like it's it's an easy way to make the money without having to make a completely new game, put in a new engine, do all that stuff. So it's cheaper for the developers and it. Makes them more money, so, you know, more power to them. But I love Tekken, man. It's my absolute favorite fighting game. Who's your favorite character? Oh, in Tekken? Oh, we talked yeah. about it before. Lei. Oh, we did Lei. That's right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he Lei does a drunken Wu. master style. I really yeah. like Jackie Chan. So anybody like Jackie Chan, 
Like when I'm playing as Lei, I'm like, this is police story four. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is police story four, and I am in control. Yeah. Give me yeah. more alcohol and whoop everybody's ass. Yep. And the last thing I, that I have for gaming news is uh, Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Released on October 2nd. And from what I hear, it's actually pretty amazing. Cool. I'm in a few gaming groups, and the moderator for one of them is like, there's nothing better from a sequel that I could have asked for. Wow. None of that Twin Sanity and Wrath of Cortex BS. High but praise. Is, yeah, I know. So it's actually got me really hyped to go out and get it. I don't know about paying 60 bucks for it. Mm. But if there's as much replayability as they say there is, it may be worth it. Yeah, I know. I, I've been trying to wait on Hades, but the buzz around that keeps building in my circles as well to where I'm like, I'm about to drop the full price. Because luckily with me, it's a little bit less of a hard decision. It's like 20 bucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here being real cheap. <laughs> I'm a cheap ass gamer. Well, you know, when we're talking about finding games and DLC, that actually brings up, I think, one of the bigger pieces of news this week. In the span of a few days, we got the announcement and the gameplay kind of reveal and walkthrough from Sakurai for the second fighter in the Super Smash Bros. Fighter Pass Volume 2. A lot of you listening probably already know who that is, but that was Minecraft Steve. Minecraft Steve, Alex, Zombie, and Enderman. <laughs> and Enderman, yeah, that's right. And they all got their, their variants and everything. What, what, did you, uh, what did you think about that? Unfortunately, I missed it. So when I went back to watch it afterwards, it already was like, oh, Minecraft Steve. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I missed it. So but... you didn't get to see the trailer. Like, I yeah. knew when I was watching the trailer, if you probably remember, they show like a regular match and Mario gets blasted off the screen and into this area. Yeah. As soon as I saw like them zoom in on the wall and I saw the pixelation, I was like, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. People probably knew about it earlier because the eyes are probably like people who actually play Minecraft probably recognize like the creepers or zombies or whatever, I guess. I've never really played Minecraft, to be honest. Yeah, I but... have it. I just never took it out of the plastic. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I'm afraid. I'm afraid because it seems like that type of game that you can really sink into and I just don't have time for that type of thing anymore. So yeah. anytime I like a game comes along like Divinity or Minecraft where it's like, I play this and nothing but this for hours and hours. And I'm like, I can't yeah, let myself. There's more stuff to do. Yeah, go down into that place. I can't, I can't I go into the sunken place of Minecraft. I'll never come back. <laughs> but, I mean, I love Minecraft for its place in the gaming zeitgeist. I love what it does for young gamers. I love the creativity involved in it. I've always loved the conceit of it ever since like an excited friend of mine showed me on his PC this new game everybody's playing like God, a decade ago or however long it was. Yeah, like, it's oh, been out for quite a while. It's been around for a really long time. I think it's ubiquitous enough with gamers to where I think it does make sense being in Smash. A lot of people are like, what the hell? <laughs> and yeah. watching the kind of walkthrough and gameplay that Sakurai had shown today in like the 45 minute showcase or whatever wow like it looks like a trolley character he can basically yeah. he can mine anywhere on the ground for materials and strengthen his weapons which is already kind of an interesting mechanic but he can also create blocks anywhere he wants and i watched sakurai like create blocks and stop pikachu and other characters from like recovering off stage oh. i was like oh that looks trolley as shit dude yeah so I can't wait to see like the grieve matches that ensue once Minecraft Steve gets released, which is going to happen, I believe, on October 13th. So for those who already bought the Fighters Pass, all that will drop on your Smash Brothers. Probably, usually it's like with an update, probably around 9 p.m. Eastern is typically when it happens on the release day, I've noticed. So keep an eye out for that. They revealed 
new amiibos. I did go and I finally picked up my uh, Joker and Hero amiibo. Got them today. Oh yeah. I was going to tweet out a video about it later on, just being dumb and showing like my whole little setup that I have. You've seen it. It's nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. It's it's sexy. it's nice. It's nice. You're jelly. <laughs> yeah, you know you want it. Everybody wants it, except for those who don't care about amiibos. And you know what? I right. respect you because once I got sucked in, it was over. Once I got a couple, I was like, I gotta get the rest of these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just it it took me in. He revealed the amiibo design, and it says they're still prototyping, but I think this is, I mean, last time he revealed it, that's what they look like. For Banjo-Kazooie, it's Banjo-Kazooie sitting on a jiggy right on the thing. It looks really good, actually. Sakurai mm-hmm. looked like he loved that design. And then they're only doing player one of Byleth, so only male Byleth, which is really odd to me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you're probably wondering where player two is. Well, we couldn't make it, or some something like that. And I'm like, does that mean yet? Or not right now? Like, what? What? So I, a lot of people are kind of upset about that, and I am too, to be honest. I feel like that, you know, female Byleth should be getting some play here. Yeah, maybe they feel like not as many women played Fire Emblem Three Houses or no, interested that, in it. That can't be like it. I, I don't know, man. I don't know why they wouldn't. Make... Why would it matter if women played it? I played as female Byleth. Like, I mean, I play as male Byleth too. You know, just different playthroughs. You can always choose which you know gender you want, and it encourages right. multiple playthroughs. And it obviously changes, you know, small dynamics. Like, for instance, um, Sylvain of the Blue Lions, I think it is. Black mm-hmm. Eagles, Golden Deer, Blue Lions, yeah. He will automatically join your house if you have a female Byleth because he's that thirsty. Mm. So there's different stuff like that, right? It's Yeah. So I, I don't understand it. They've had – anytime you have a male and a female variant – you have that opportunity. They did it for Corin, but then not for Robin, and now they're not doing it for Byleth. Yeah. Maybe later on they'll release it. I don't know. And then, of course, he was like, am I forgetting somebody? And he was like, oh, yeah, Terry. Here it is. Whatever. Fuck him. <laughs> so I was like, wow, okay. So we, <laughs> I don't know what his beef is with Terry, but we got Terry. We got male He must Byleth. not have wanted him in there. Oh, you think maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. Right. I mean, he was given some love, and this stage has a cool dynamic, so who knows? Yeah. So yeah, we got four more fighters in the fighter pass. They also did release new uh, me fighter skins. There's a couple from Minecraft. You can play as a creeper or a pig. They're both brawlers. You can play as Bomberman. He looks just like Bomberman, and you can Oops, change sorry. color variants by changing the color of the like the me's color or whatever. And that looks really cool. It doesn't change their move set obviously, but Sakurai's like maybe you can play like a bomb only match or something using items. And I was like, right. oh, that'd be cool. And they also had, I can't remember the exact title, but I know I have the game. It's very obscure. It's an old Namco title. Something of Druaga. I can't remember what it's Tower. Called. Thank you. Thank Tower you. of Druaga. There's the armor from Tower of Druaga. That's a, a me costume for Sword Fighter. Sweet. I'm fucking weird. weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, a for cut. <laughs> God, that's, that's a really deep cut. When I saw that, I was like, who the hell? I mean, I'm not mad at it. I just didn't think anybody else knew about that game but me. <laughs> so... <laughs> There was like diamond armor for I think the sword fighters. You can use like the diamond armor and the diamond sword, but still like you can see that the the me fighter underneath just wearing the armor. Right. And then another me costume that actually upset a lot of people: Travis Touchdown. Yeah. And I think that's just because that rules him out as a uh, fighter in the fighters pass. I'm assuming, but uh, people maybe were, I, I just maybe. saw tweets that were like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they're just throwing you know throwing you off the scent. Maybe it's a red herring. I don't know. Sure. Sure it is, Derek. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you know, I want to give those people hope. Yeah. False Might release though? closer to the time that uh, No More Heroes 3 comes out, so. 
Right, right, right. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I yeah. mean, we, we still have all the way up until December of next year. So a little over a year for the remaining four fighters to be released. Yeah. And here's a question for you. Who needs to be in it, in the fighter pass? Who needs for to be you in personally? It? For me personally. Okay. Like just, yeah. just one, just one character you really want to be in there from anything. That's, that's tough. The, yeah. That's tough. There are a couple, I'll, I'll name two that I think would be okay. interesting. Okay. So one is kind of an obvious pick, and it's not a personal pick for me, but I, I'm just thinking about the possibilities of movesets and the universe you're bringing in. Sora from mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts I think would be interesting because then you have the whole Smash Brothers cross Kingdom Hearts, which Kingdom Hearts has already crossed Final Fantasy and crossed Disney, right? Right, right. So that brings in a whole lot and the possibilities for spirits and music and stages. But that would be a licensing nightmare. This I think game it, it is would be a licensing use, miracle. But <laughs> yeah, if you use Disney characters, then yes. Yeah, but, but not, Disney owns Sora. Disney Sora ah, is a Disney character, my friend. They do. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh yeah, they do. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but I think that that would be really interesting dynamic to bring in the Smash universe. And again, the move set. I mean, the possibilities are fantastic yeah. for that. My other one that I don't think anybody really talks about, but for me, I always thought it'd be kind of cool. I want the Dragonborn from Skyrim to be in there. <laughs> and Microsoft has already lent two characters now, so why not a third? Yeah. Uh, but for me, I think it would be cool because of the fact that, I mean, obviously the character model is going to be the classic, you know, the horn, the, the helmet with the horns, like the Dragonborn, how he looked when he was wearing his, his Nordish armor or whatever. Right. And he could use different weapons, of course. Like he might be able to use a bow, maybe like a bylift situation where you could use a bow, a sword, maybe a spear, although he they don't really use spears in Skyrim. So like a bow, a bow and a sword, and then maybe some magic, but dragon shouts as well. Yeah. The final smash can involve like, you know, all doing, you know I mean? Like it, there's some Yo, what if he could sneak around and shoot someone with an arrow in the knee. That's his final smash. Well, I like the fact that the final smash for Alex is he puts you in the boom house and then he eats a, a victory steak, they call it. Uh-huh. So he just pops into frame and starts eating steak. It'd be it'd be great if uh, he sicks Alduin on you and then he sits back and eats a sweet roll or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I think that that would be a really cool world to bring in. And I think it, you know, I mean... Maybe even I. I'm hoping that one of these. I, I doubt it's going to happen, but I'm hoping that one of these fighters brings in a new boss too. Like I've been waiting yeah. on that. The coolest thing about some of the new fighters from the original roster, you know, like bring you got to bring in Dracula, you know, as a new boss, mm-hmm. just inexplicably. Even though we don't have any Monster Hunter characters, Rathalos came in as a boss, which is really awesome. Yeah. So I want to yeah. see more of that. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Well, I just have one. Yeah. And I think it'd be really cool, Ang. From Avatar The Last Airbender. How do you get Aang in there, though? Because, I mean, it's not like any rules are set in stone, but it seems to me that they need to be a video game character. There's not a single person in this roster that doesn't have a game that they can Oh, uh, you know what? Oh, no. Well, he does have games. He does, but he doesn't originate from games. He has That's games true. based on his anime. It's not really the same thing. Like, he's not an IP of a video yeah. game. Yeah. You know? I would still love to see it, though. I can yeah. see the trailer now. Have like Donkey Kong been in Earth and mm-hmm. Greninja been in water and just, you know, just silly shit. No, I love it. I think like, it would oh. be amazing. I think the Avatar would be an awesome character to design. And I'm with you on the conceit of it. But I don't think it's in the spirit of Smash Brothers because Smash Brothers to me is a celebration of gaming. 
Yeah. And I think putting him in there would, would betray the kind of I don't the vibe and the celebration mm-hmm. of gaming that Smash is known for and what it's going yeah. for. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. I just really want it. No, no, no. I think it's a cool idea. I, I think if there's ever like an anime fighters or I mean there's actually obviously a lot of anime fighters, A needs to get in there for sure. Yeah. Then that opens it up to well shit, if we're doing shows then let's have Walter White in there. <laughs> Yeah, we go straight from Aang to Walter White. You're right. Yeah, yes, of course. Exactly. <laughs> Sakurai cannot be stopped. <laughs> His final smash is just a giant door. He busts through it. I am the right. one who uh, knocks. Yeah. <laughs> and he just throws blue blue mess at you. <laughs> and the characters get high in the OD and that's it. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, Kirby swallows them and he gets those dime store glasses. <laughs> yeah, and the hat. <laughs> He's an iceberg hat. Oh my god. Maybe he's wearing tidy whities Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine Kirby and tidy whities You hear that, Sakurai? Make it happen. All right, we got to move on. All right. <laughs> we, uh, we talked about last week shortening up the show a little bit. I mean, keeping an eye on time, we're trying to keep segments, you know, a certain amount of length so that way we're not going nuts. I think we're vastly approaching like two hours in some of these episodes. We're going to shorten it up a little bit. We're getting rid of gaming deals. I mean, if something stands out, we're still going to talk about it, but we're not going to like set aside a whole section for it. You know, I mentioned I got Red Faction Gorilla remastered for fourteen ninety nine. Pretty good deal. Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. did you get any cool pickups you want to talk about this week? Yeah, the first one I asked. I was at a pawn shop and I said, "Hey, you guys got any games? Mm-hmm. Any more games back there?" She said, "I got these PS two games." And every time I hear that, I'm like, "Okay, cool. It's going to be like some trash or whatever." But no, yeah. it was not. Oh, it was Dragon Quest Eight. Nice. It was Wild Arms 3. Oh. And the big one was Fatal Frame. Wow. Complete. So that was like, I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, it's Fatal Frame. Do you ever like, how fast do you recover and put on that poker face so that they don't notice that they're showing you priceless treasures? (laughs) Oh, well, most of the times you don't have to put on your poker face because most of these places are only charging a dollar or two for PS2 games. It doesn't matter what it is. Boy, let me tell you, that's crazy. Yeah, so all that to say is that I got Fatal Frame for about a dollar. Wow. So that's pretty dope. That's a great find, man. Yeah. And the other big find that I got was something that you need, and we've already talked about it, but I got the Poochie Amiibo. Yeah, you did. You got Wooly Poochie, and I love you for it. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. It's so crazy. I, oh, my God, man. I was looking through these stuffed animals Mm. at this flea market, and then I saw poochie and i was like that's not the poochie amiibo ain't no way just, just hanging here it's just hanging out yeah and i was like oh my god it's poochie i gotta call michael and let him know <laughs> did you have <laughs> a chance to poochie test it by the way uh not yet okay like i said i don't have you said the easiest way to test it would be smash so yeah i mean you could probably test me. it on other games but i don't yeah. know if it would you know what you could do there's a way that you can register amiibo i think at least i know you could on the wii u and it would tell you what amiibo it is so Okay. If there's a way to do that, potentially. But yeah, I'm excited. That is awesome. Thank you for holding that for me so I can buy it from you. Yeah. And thank you for the discount that you're giving me on it. I appreciate oh, yeah. that. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, the Poochie Amiibo is crazy expensive. It's oh, like yeah. 100 bucks outside of the... I've seen it hit about right. 200 if it was sealed, yeah. Yeah, so don't let me find a sealed one. <laughs> Ooh, boy. So that leaves, you, that leaves you with how many do you need now? So for American Amiibos, I just need Big Yarn Yoshi now. That's it. I mean, unless unless you count the cards, but I'm not counting the cards right now. Right. I got, you know, some of the superstars or sports cards from Mario, but it's fine. And then for the Japanese amiibo, I need Naviru or Naviru. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. It's the cat amiibo from the Monster Hunter series. 
Mm-hmm. Don't have that because the cat's really expensive. And I don't have Box Boy. Box Boy is also really expensive. So that's it. Just three Amiibo. I, I actually just today I put down the pre-order for the, the three new Monster Hunter Amiibo at GameStop. I'm tentatively, I'm probably going to get a refund on that because you're supposed to get free shipping when you order something above $35, but they charge me $20 shipping. What the hell? I, I know. I was kind of pissed off about $20. it. $20? Yeah. So I'm, luckily I can just cancel it because it's not going to release it until March. So if I see it up for like pre-order on Best Buy, because Best Buy is Best Boy, right. uh, I'll get it there. I think because they're saying they're saying it's exclusive to GameStop, which is why I did it. But I think what's really exclusive is them being sold individually. I bet other stores are going to get a three pack or something. Yeah, probably. So yeah, for now I have it held at least at GameStop. So if nothing else, if it never shows up anywhere else, I can get it. I just have to pay a little bit of a premium to get it delivered to me. Yeah, holy shit! I'm looking up this box boy. Yeah, I know. Right, right? now it's two hundred bucks. And it's the most basic ass motherfucking amiibo you ever seen in your life. It's wow! Just, it literally looks like an ice cube. <laughs> yeah, and normally like stuff from Japan doesn't cost that much. Well, it's usually much cheaper. Tell that to Box Boy. Well, yeah, that, I think the production yeah. on him was really low or limited, and I think that contributed to it. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out on that one. Jeez. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this week then, Derek. Uh, what you feeling? I am feeling a YouTuber by the name of Nakey Jakey. Nakey Jakey. And I've been watching this man for about three years, and he releases videos pretty sporadically. Like, he'll go, like, three months without releasing a video. But when he does release it, it's just goodness. So, basically, he... He's like video game donkey. Yeah, he mainly talks about video games. And he sits on, like, this little rubber workout ball mm. and has, like, this terrible green screen shit going on. But it's just so funny. And he's just... He's fucking hilarious, man. Cool. Any particular video that stands out that he's done? or There's one that he does on Disney Channel original movies that I think is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Double Toasted's been talking about them recently too. Yeah. They've been going through them because uh, they got a younger host now, and he he grew up with them until the the two older hosts are watching his uh, childhood movies and ragging on him. Yeah. <laughs> well, right on, man. As far as what I'm feeling, I'm always on the hunt for like new comedians. You know, aside from new this and new that, like I really like it when I can discover a comedian that I really vibe with because comedy, I think, is very subjective. And, you mm-hmm. know. You're not always going to find somebody that's, you know, universally funny. Obviously, the most successful comedians do have a wider audience. Like, who doesn't love Dave Chappelle? Right. Some people do. <laughs> Some people don't, right. but most people do. But I, there's this new up-and-coming comic, and he actually retweeted me tweeting about him, which was kind of cool. I like that. His name is Mike Paramore. Have you heard of him? No. Well, it's Paramore spelled P-A-R-A-M-O-R-E, like you would expect. Mike Paramore, he's got a special up on YouTube, I think, that you can find and he's also on twitter and he just you know he's just talking about regular stuff he's just a funny dude he's around our age he's single he's talking about dating and that nonsense taking a girl at mcdonald's <laughs> 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 what that's like i'm into his vibe and i'm into his comedy so if you vibe with what we talk about and our whole thing i think you would be into him as well and i think it'd be worthwhile checking out like i said i love to laugh and i always want to support new up-and-coming comedians for sure so dope cool well, I think that that gets us towards the end of the episode, and you know what that means. Oh, do, yeah. Do, 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 do. It's time for the Derek Cross Mike Anime Edition Challenge! challenge. I want to be the very best. <laughs> so, we are talking about Berserk Episode 3 this week, and we're talking about Full Metal Alchemist Episodes 7 through 9. 
I will let you go first if you would like, sir. You watched okay. Berserk episode three, and it starts off where we left off, I guess, was the duel between Griffith and Guts for Guts yep. for his body. Yes, for his body. <laughs> for, for the use of his soldiering skills. How about Yeah, so did not go well for Guts. Oh. He used every dirty trick in the book. Mm-hmm. As he was fighting Griffith, he uh, dug up some dirt and threw it in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And then he went for the killing blow. Mm-hmm. And Griffith jumps on top of his sword, which is just a classic anime move. Yeah. <laughs> jumps on top of his sword. Griffith puts his sword to Guts' neck. Mm-hmm. And then Guts is like, well, shit, you're running your mouth. You should be using your mouth like this. And he bites Griffith's sword. Which is fucking crazy. That's insane. And he start, yeah, and he starts bleeding from his gums. Yeah. That's how hard he's biting it. As you do when you bite yeah, a sword. And it's it's not it's not practical, definitely. Because Griffith could have just stuck his sword further in his mouth and then he would have died. Mm. But that besides the point. He knocks him off of his sword and they go tumbling down a hill and then Guts gives Griffith the old one two. Mm. And uh how did Griffith end up winning? Well, if I recall, they punched each other, and then when he went in for another punch, Griffith just MMA'd his ass. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. arm bar, arm. Yeah, yeah he gave him that arm bar, and he said, <laughs> he said, you can give up now, or I can dislocate your shoulder. Choice is yours. He said, basically said, fuck you, man. Yeah. And he dislocated that shoulder. <laughs> just popped it out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's crazy though. And so with that, guts now belongs to Griffith. He's a member of the band of the Hawk, mm. and uh, it goes to a scene where they're resting at the camp and Corcus got a bunch of people together and he's like, fuck this guy. We hate him. Let's kill him. Mm. And then they're like, oh, well, he's pretty strong. I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, Casca comes up. He's like, you better not do it. Even even though he's fucked up, he'll still fuck you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, fine. Ah, and they leave. And then uh, the Band of the Hawk has been hired by, I think, a bunch of nobles to protect this town or this castle and griffith gives guts the job to defend the rear which is like pretty important yeah riding in a straight line on horseback defending them from hundreds of soldiers mm-hmm. it actually goes really well guts ends up sending one of the people that was tasked with helping him away and then he's getting into trouble like he's he's holding his own but these guys are catching up to him, and then Griffith and two other soldiers come through with their bows and their arrows and their crossbows, and they defeat the rest of the assailants, and the stragglers that were behind them actually get to the castle, and there's a line of cannons. <laughs> and then they just blast them all, and then they get scared and they run away. Hmm. And, Successful raid, sounds like. Yeah, it was a pretty good raid. <laughs> I think that's where the episode ends, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Okay. So it sounds so, action-packed, but it sounds yeah. like it kind of covered, you know, small ground, basically. Guts joins up and has his yeah. first successful mission. What'd you think? Yeah, pretty light on story. The action was pretty good. The voice acting is getting better. Okay. I'm getting more used to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really enjoying Guts and Griffith's back and forth mm. and Casca's jealousy towards Guts because Griffith shows him all types of just love and praise and She's like, he never treats anyone like this. Not even me. And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) you just wait. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny. I think Corcus, which is the guy that tried to rob Guts to begin with, he's kind of a foolhardy soldier. When he saw that Griffith gave Guts the assignment to hold the rear, he was like, (laughs) he's going to die on his first mission. And then Casca's like, nah, he wouldn't have given that to him unless he thought he could do it, you know? Right. Yeah, I think that jealousy sets in because that means like what he thinks I can't do it. Right. 
you know. So yeah, he puts complete and utter trust in him and and even risked his life to go back and save him, a soldier he just conscripted, you know what I mean? Like a single soldier, right. a commander of an army. It does kind of stand out, I agree. So there's there's a there's a relationship developing there between Guts and Griffith that is more than just between that of a commander and a soldier, it seems. Right. Cool. Well, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, episode seven, eight, and nine. Yes. Decent stuff happened. And the episodes are kind of running together for me a little bit, so I apologize if I kind of blur the lines here. Mm-hmm. But essentially, after the whole battle with Scar, the guy from the the country that the soldiers annihilated, which was... Ishval. Ishval, thank you. Yes. He's on the run, and those enigmatic group, the, the Seven Deadly Sin folks, you know, you got Gluttony and you got Lust, they see him, and they're like, we gotta go after him. Gluttony's like, can I eat him? She's like, you sure can, girl. <laughs> so... <laughs> They show up, they have a big fight. It seems like that he got away, but not unmaimed. Unmaimed, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you can't really tell like how bad his injuries are, but they allude to the fact that Gluttony wasn't able to eat him. But they're like, well, he won't show up for a while. So, Can I eat him, Lust? Yeah, <laughs> yes, you can. Hair and all. Yeah, he's so, Gluttony's so creepy. Yeah, he's cute uh, though in his own way. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, like a lick of tongue is cute, I suppose. Right. (laughs) Meanwhile, you know, Ed and Alphonse are still being escorted because of the fact that they were almost killed by Scar. And they are also still heavily trying to investigate the whole Philosopher's Stone thing. That guy who made the Chimera his library apparently was burned down to the ground by, I think, Lust because she didn't want his research getting out, I believe. Or was it a library by the doctor who knew more information by the Philosopher's yeah. Stone? Yeah, it was Dr. Marco's library. It was Dr. Marco's well, library. Well, where his research notes were. Where his research notes were. So the research yeah. notes related to a Philosopher's Stone was burned down to the ground. But luckily they find, they run to this librarian who has a photographic memory, and she recreates all his notes from her memory from scratch, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And Ed and Alphonse take to just sitting in a study going through all the notes. Now, they're encrypted, like, with regular, like, cooking recipes, so they have to yeah. kind of match them up. And it's tough, and you can tell they're having a hard time with it, but they're making progress. And then eventually, when they do crack the code, they learn some very disturbing news. Apparently, not only does it take human life to make a Philosopher's Stone, it takes several human lives. Oh, yeah. And the government may have been sanctioning or participating in the research that led to the sacrifice of human lives to make these philosopher's stones. So they find out some pretty heavy stuff. The people charged with guarding them find out. And then, of course, Armstrong finds out. He's pretty sympathetic to them, though. He continues to be a joy and and hilarious to watch as he interacts with, like, the younger soldiers. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's going to take his shirt off and yell at us again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really funny. Mm -hmm. So they're looking around for a place where these Philosopher's Stones may have been developed. There's like four major warehouses where alchemy goes down. But there's one building that's closed down and Ed's like, that's the place. This place that's closed down, right? Yeah, the secret laboratory. And sure enough, when they sneak away from the people guarding them, uh, Edward and Alphonse, they go to investigate that secret laboratory. Someone's guarding it. Suspicious. They get inside. Well, Ed gets inside because he can only fit through the vent. Alphonse has to wait outside. Because he's so small. Yeah. (laughs) Which leads to a funny scene where Alphonse is like, I didn't choose to be this big. I embody a suit of armor. Which I thought was funny that he's sensitive about being big the way Ed's sensitive about being small. 
And uh, Ed gets in, he sees electricity, he's running through the place, and then he gets attacked by a guard who's wearing a full suit of armor. And outside, Alphonse also gets attacked by another guard wearing a full suit of armor. Both of them eventually reveal that they were former prisoners on death row. And then through the fight, you notice that they had the same affliction as Alphonse. They're empty suits of armor whose souls were binded using alchemic symbols. That's the way that defeat them. Mm -hmm. and the one that alphonse is finding he's like this cleaver guy he used to be a butcher and he started cutting up people and he's very crazy and he actually gets in alphonse's head and he's like were you ever a real boy to begin with maybe you were always a suit of armor maybe ed made you and lied to you you know and i don't know how he got in his head because all the while he's telling him that he's like i used to be real though i was a sewer killer so it's like really stupid yeah when i was watching i was like well he is a child still yeah, and again, he's been in a suit of armor long enough, and it's probably been... I mean, being disembodied, I can't imagine what that does to your psyche. Right. So, there's that. I agree. And Ed is able to fight off the guard, but he damn near gets killed. He, he gets injured. His arm kind of starts... stops. His metal arm stops working very well. And it alludes to a previous episode where he got his arm fixed, but the... What's the girl's name that fixes his arm? Winry. Winry, yeah. You know one of his childhood friends and that really cares about him. She missed a screw. Yeah. <laughs> she saw yep. it. She was like, oops. <laughs> well, he so, should be okay. <laughs> yeah, he was not. Uh, and so, but he does come out triumphant, but then lust and gluttony and envy shows yep. up and they pretty much incapacitate him and they finish off the prisoners he was fighting. Like they destroy the symbols because Ed wouldn't do it. Ed pulled a Batman and he was like, I won't take a human life. Right. And I was like, oh, Ed, you're doing that? Oh. Yeah, right. Dude, in in this world, buddy, that is a bad idea. But they went ahead and and executed the soldiers in front of him, and then he barely gets out with his life, and they destroy the laboratory. So we're back to square one. Yep. We know a few things, but we're just trying to figure things out. So the next episode, episode nine, Ed's recovering in the hospital. Al is having some real deep existential thoughts about whether he's real or not, and kind of attacks or confronts ed about it Ed runs off when like how dare you hits him with a wrench and was like he cares about you we all have memories of you you idiot and, right. and then i was like oh yeah i messed up and they reconcile towards the end of the episode and i i can't remember if anything else significant happens but i think that's pretty much it so it's just learning the dark secret about how philosopher stones are made finding a lead but then being completely shut down and then ed recovering from almost being killed because his arm stopped working Wenry is about to give him a free upgrade too she's like i'm so sorry it's my fault but then she realizes ed doesn't realize that the bad job she did she was like oh, yeah. i'll have to charge you full rate <laughs> right which so was, was like a hole on her right on her part that is so messed up but i could have died <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah, the show is coming into its own. The whole shadowy Seven Deadly Sins group is definitely coming out a lot more. Like they're showing up almost in every single episode now. So I feel like that's going to come to a head pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's where we're at. Yeah. This I would say, like you said, the show comes into its own after they find out how the Philosopher's Stones are made. Right. Okay. So that's yeah. that's pretty much now. Okay, good. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to checking out 10 through 12 next week. We'll, we'll uh, see how it goes. You're definitely in store for a lot of craziness, but you're watching the show at a slower pace since it is a shorter show. So we'll, right. we'll see how that goes as well. Well, I believe that is our show. I think we might actually fit in at around an hour today, which is right. amazing. Yeah. So who knew? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, if the uh, people are liking what they're hearing and they want to hear more, 
where can they find you at, sir? They can find me on Twitter at goodies underscore more and on Instagram at gamergoodiesmore. And they can check out all my sweet finds on ebay.com slash str slash gamergoodiesandmore. Excellent. All right. If you want to check me out, you can follow me at Twitter at MikePetersonAL. All my playthroughs, including my full playthrough of Resident Evil 3, is on MC Paper Stacks Plays YouTube channel. You can see me Twitch streaming Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. My main stream right now doing Final Fantasy VII Remake. And Brawlers on Monday at 9, Horror Games on Fridays at 10, and that is at twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks. For future uploads of the podcast, check out our hub, anchor.fm slash player2 has entered the pod. We upload every single Sunday, and occasionally we do a bonus spoiler cast episode. Look out this Wednesday or Thursday of this upcoming week for a spoiler cast we're going to release on The Last of Us Part 2. Finally had that discussion. And you can also check us out on other podcast hubs, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're typically there. We're on Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Again, as I had mentioned earlier in the episode, you can email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. Be happy to hear from you. And if you're on Facebook and you want to join a local gaming group, you don't necessarily have to be local to me to join if you don't want. Facebook.com slash groups slash indie gamers. I get a lot of spam asks to join, so if you ask to join, shoot me a message. It'll make it a little bit easier for me to you know, research you and let you join. I don't want people to join just to spam the group, so just keep that in mind. And uh, that's our show. All right. All right. I hope everybody has a good weekend, a good rest of your week. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. See ya.